Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Delighted to have you here listening to the Speaker Lab podcast for an episode of our Student Highlight Series. Now, as you may know, our mission here at the Speaker Lab is to help you get booked and paid to speak by equipping you with the tools to launch and scale your speaking business. And we are really, really proud of the thousands of students who have used our programs and tools to build the speaking business of their dreams. But you don't have to hear it from me. You can hear it directly from the incredible people who have gone from aspiring to established speakers thanks to their hard work and our programs. Now, if you're a speaker, I know that you have the story of what inspired your message and how you decided where you want to make that impact. And often that story can be what gives other speakers who are just starting out the confidence to take the first steps towards chasing their dreams. And so that's why we started this student highlight series, where you're going to be able to hear incredible speaker stories straight from our talented and diverse alumni. I'm going to hand off the mic for today's conversation to one of our coaches who works with our students every single day, giving them tailored guidance to further their speaking careers. So here's this week's student highlight episode. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. It's Mary Alice Goldsmith, Director of Student Success here at the Speaker Lab. I'm so excited to be with you today on the Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students. I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. Today, it's a privilege to introduce you to Sarah Murray. And let's not try to fake it. How many times did it take me to do that intro? <laughs> Third time was the charm. It's beautiful. Oh, Thank you're you. so gracious. You're so gracious. But I am really excited to be here with you today and um, just share your story with our audience. I think it's it's a great story. Um, but let's start with what you talk about. So you you talk about prospecting on purpose, sales methods to connect with clients, communicate with confidence, and close the deal. What inspired you to want to speak about this topic? Oh, hi, Mary Alice. I'm excited to be here. Um, thank you for that intro. I The platform is called Prospecting on Purpose, and I actually knew that that was going to be kind of a core pillar of the business for all areas. So I have a podcast with that name. The book that comes out eventually will have that name. And so then when I joined the Speaker Lab, I really had this vision of building out the keynote and the workshop just slotted in so nicely to that kind of overall business ecosystem. So it was kind of fun to go into the speaker lab with that thought because it made the rest of the framework flow a little bit easier because I could kind of see the vision even if it didn't exist yet in reality. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That is very helpful um, because that is one of the pain points of our students. Like they, they know they want to talk about a specific topic, but they're not sure how to position it or, or what what information or content should be uh, spoken about, like when they get on stage. But um, is this like, so like for you as the person who is speaking about prospecting on purpose, what what inspired you? Like, is this like a, a, a history of sales where you're like, we're just doing this all wrong? One hundred percent. If I can just uh, thanks for teeing that up, so I didn't have to be the one to say it. But um, I feel like one of the things that I have been very successful in my sales career. You know, I've been in Los Angeles for fifteen years. I've been pounded pavement and national roles for a really long time. And where my success comes from is the ability to just start with great relationships. And I network with everyone because you never know where it's going to lead. It allows me to be really creative with how I build business. And it just felt so simple and teachable. And I, I 
feel like really when I think of prospecting on purpose, that means like with intention and how can we connect initially, like very, excuse me, how can we connect intentionally as humans first? And then the business side comes so much more seamlessly. So one of the things I've been kind of trying to workshop and figure out how to incorporate in my talk is, you know, you hear the terms business, B2B, business to business, or B2C, business to consumer. And I almost want to just turn that on its head and put everything as H2H, human to human. Because it just feels like I haven't seen... I haven't seen that many training programs or leaders talking about how to basically build a relationship. And when I thought about the concept of prospecting, and this might help other students on where to start, I thought if I was going to sit down and tell like a best friend, what's the first step you need to do when it comes to prospecting? I just started kind of writing out different ideas and then I put them in an order of how it worked and it flowed very naturally. So what's been kind of fun is that even though my lens has a sales lens on it and the people that I talk to and train are corporations and associations, what's fun is that it really applies to everything because all of life is just about building relationships. So if you need to negotiate for a promotion or get buy-in from your colleagues to greenlight a project or if you negotiate with your landlord or you want a better relationship with your in-laws or I, one of the podcast episodes is about icebreakers and one of my friends sent me a note and she said, I've been using your icebreakers on my dating apps. It's so, so it's just kind of like prospecting is everywhere and building relationships is everywhere. So that's what's been kind of fun for me to see is the content that's coming out of the workshop and the talks have been applicable in all these different areas. So that's been a little kind of effect I wasn't expecting. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to know too, like, I think for some people building relationships, and I, I think for you, like you just have this innate ability to be like, oh, hey, you're a human. I'm a human. Let's be human, you know? <laughs> um, but honestly, if it, like, let's be honest, like not everybody has that. Like some people it takes, like, especially your introverts or your people who are just like bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. And so I'd love to know, like, through this work that you're doing, as you're meeting with salespeople and you're speaking on this topic, what are some of the ahas that the salespeople are having when they're like, oh, my gosh, never thought of that? The ahas have been really fun for me to receive, too, because they're not the areas I would have expected. So one of the things that... I think people are surprised with the most is we talk first about some of the internal mindset, some of the internal mindset shifts that have to happen just internally before you go out and you know do business. So a big part of being a successful salesperson or successful in any role that you have is to be really secure and confident in your values and your core competencies and what you bring to the table. Because once we have that foundation, then we can kind of bridge this gap. And when I say bridge the gap, and this is a big chunk of, of the talk in the workshop, is we put our clients on this pedestal. You know, all of the customers we want to get to or the podcast guests, our dream guests, you know, all of these people we want to get to. And then our salespeople are kind of down here trying to jump up on that pedestal. And so when I say bridging the gap, we're bridging this gap where we're not taking the customer off the pedestal. We're just putting ourselves on it with them. And we do that by having that like core mindset, what value do we bring to the table? What passions do we have? And then as we go through the talk, we we talk about genuine interest. That's the G. So how do you just open that door to a conversation? Then A is authentic relationship building. So we get into how do you start to build the relationship? And then the P leads to prized clients. So it's almost, you know, you're building relationship, building relationship, building relationship. Now, how do we pivot and start to ask for the business or ask for the meeting or ask for the order? Because you're doing all this foundation, but you still, you know, it's a it's a relationship transaction. So then how do you pull out the sales effort behind it? And what we find is it becomes so much more easy because it's so natural because you have that foundational relationship. So the customer's almost expecting you. It would be weird if you didn't ask for the meeting or you didn't ask for the order. So it's been it's been fun to see kind of that building process and people have a lot of fun in realizing that if they can master this then they go from like a buyer seller relationship to more of a consultative partnership. But it all starts with that human connection first. Yeah, that's awesome. So you weren't speaking initially. I mean, I'm sure you were doing some speaking within your your business and, and work, but like specific 
speaking, what made you decide to transition into speaking for, you know, for salespeople? It's always been on the roadmap for me, but in my, in my brain, it was like two or three years out. And I had a coach that told me, you know, the speaking gigs will come organically. And I posted, this was, I'm trying to think when this was, sometime at the end of last year, fall, fall of last year, summer of last year, I posted on my LinkedIn, just like, five lessons I learned from my parents. They were celebrating their 40th anniversary. And so I just posted on LinkedIn. It was just kind of a sweet note. And I got two emails from people through my website saying that they want to talk to have me speak at their national sales convention. And it was funny because I owed a consulting client a proposal. All I wanted to do was reach out to this guy and talk about his national sales convention. So it was just kind of like lighting me up to to do that. And then this is a little woo-woo example here, but it's it's noteworthy. Um, I, when I quit my job, I made a vision board of the business, kind of two-part vision board. One, where did I want to feel in my life? And then um, on the business side, what did I want the business to look like? And I had a picture that I found on Google Images, and it's of, you know, the girl in the ponytail with kind of the the brown grow out and blonde hair. So her hair looks like mine. (laughs) She's speaking on stage. And um, right around the time that I was getting those inquiries for speaking gigs, my Instagram feed was giving me a speaker lab promo for a webinar. And it was that same picture that was on my vision board. And I was kind of thinking, okay, between that, those inquiries on the speaking engagement, and then this ad, I feel like the flow is pushing me over here. So I'm going to go try it. So I really have been mastering going with the flow and that led me to the speaker lab. So I am, I'm excited to be part of the program because I definitely feel like it collapsed time. And I am someone who I know I can figure it out myself, but I don't want to because my time is valuable. So how can I expedite this process? Yeah, no, it's so true. It's like uh, if you've never been coached on a specific aspect of of anything, whether it's sports or entrepreneurship or marriage, I don't know, any anything, right? If you've never been coached, you don't realize how that actually does collapse time, right? Because you have people who have gone before you, failed, failed forward. Um, and so you kind of avoid those pitfalls that possibly if you didn't get coached, you would end up in the same the same uh, pitfall. So uh, it definitely does collapse time. Uh, okay, so I'd love to know, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what was happening or not happening in your speaking business that when you saw the speaker lab, you were like, oh, oh yeah, this is it. I know like it was more about the and I don't know if that's so woo-woo. Like, I mean, I know what you're saying, woo-woo with the vision board, but I really think that's such a great strategy to like have a vision of what you want the next several years of your business and life to look like. I mean, people who take the time to do that somehow get there or know when to pivot. Yeah, I, it, it has always worked for me. And so I, I definitely, but a big part of the, the vision board or visualizing the goal is you have to almost release yourself from the how it's going to happen. And that's where like, I've been pretty good at just, oh, I'm push, being pushed over here. Okay, I'm going to go focus over here. Oh, I'm being pushed over here. So the how I get there doesn't necessarily matter, but having the end goal helps, you know, set that GPS. So you know, in terms of what was happening or not happening, I think one of the things that I'm really learning, you learn a lot about yourself when you quit your job and start a business, <laughs> like a lot about yourself. Greatest um, life lessons. <laughs> it's, I mean, and, and that was the point, you know, it's like, I want to continue to grow as a human and this is the next step. I'm kind of using the business as the vehicle to help me in my own growth. But one of the things that I learned really quickly is that, you know, leaving corporate, you just have an inherent structure. You know, you have bosses, they have bosses, you have customers that need stuff. Like there's a lot of structure to your day. And now when you're self-employed, you kind of lose that structure. And so some of the things that I would apply in, in corporate America, but I really have to focus on it in my business is I need external accountability. That's just something I've learned about myself. Um, And that can be, you know, money, a a money investment. It can be coaching. Um, I just am someone who values external (laughs) accountability, uh, which has been fueling in a lot of different areas of the business. So I appreciated the, the ability to be held accountable by 
the program. Um, I think that that was a big chunk of it. And then I also feel like it did fit so nicely in the ecosystem that I'm using some of the lessons and structure of the speaker lab almost as like a support system for all other areas of the business too, because there are a lot of pillars, but it's nice to have that almost, um, grounding or like cradling of the speaker lab where if I do get stuck, I can talk to a coach and it does potentially apply to other areas of the business as well. So that's been a big, again, like a surprise benefit that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I think that is a big surprise for a lot of people because, you know, most people come to us because they want to speak. And then they find out, well, we're not only going to help you speak, we're going to help you run this business. Because if you want to get on stage, it's not just about getting to the stage. It's about running the business to get to that stage and then the next stage and then the next stage. And if you don't have those systems and operations and procedures in place, that that one gig on that one stage might be it, you know, not to be a Debbie Downer, but it's just true. Like you, you need to have all the systems that are supporting the business. And I think that's one of the things that we really excel at here at the Speaker Lab. Um, so I love how you honed in on that. Yeah. Um, and I can share some examples if that's helpful. Yeah, go for it. So sure. one of the, um, you know, and so I took the VIP program and that is structured with it, live calls with your cohort. And I, with that external accountability, you know, I'm not going to not do my homework. <laughs> and I kind of appreciated the fact that the speaker lab was like, okay, go out and sell a gig. Okay, go out and get a testimonial. Like you take this very big elephant and you help us like chew on it one bite at a time but I never want to let my group down like I'm very team motivated and you know so I would show up and I'd go out and try the things that I was being told to do and I know that I need that push um but one of the things that we created I have an abstract one pager for my talk and since I had never given the talk at the time I made the one pager I didn't have a testimonial but i you know, been in a sales role for a long time. So I'm, I sent an email to one of my colleagues who manages a sales team at a, at an organization. And my quote was not a lie. It was all things that she had seen me do, but I said, Hey, would you mind being my placeholder testimonial until I execute a real workshop and get a real testimony or a, you know, a testimonial specific to the workshop or the keynote? And she responds, absolutely. I would be this quote. I would absolutely, I would be this quote for you. But at the same time, my team needs your workshop. Can we talk? Well, we're negotiating, you know, quite a bigger training for them. So that was one example. And then I do have um, the podcast. Uh, oh, excuse me. Another example that I've really like taken out of the speaker lab and I've applied it to other areas is some of the beginning kind of negotiations that you do to fuel your business forward. So there's other forms of currency. So one of the one of the workshops that I did, I did it at a di I didn't call it a discount. My company sponsored a credit on the cost of the training in exchange for letting me film the workshop and using the video testimonials. So I've been re getting really creative with bartering things, which is something that I wasn't expecting. And I have a podcast, it's called Prospecting on Purpose. And I've been starting to kind of network with my uh, with my network and letting them know, hey, I'm, I'm open for business. If you guys need a prospecting workshop, relationship building workshop, keep me in mind. And one of my former colleagues, running he's on a run he's listening to the podcast he said he stopped in his tracks and he sent me an email and he said do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching and that's not really where my business core function is it's not really set up for a one-on-one -on -one coaching um coaching pillar however this individual is super connected to a couple of the consulting clients that I want to pursue I guess EO level so I said I'll coach you at a discount in exchange for interest to these three people. Name and drops. Give me some name drops. <laughs> I did. And so now I'm having larger negotiations for consulting clients through that. So it's been really interesting to kind of piecemeal these different parts and pieces. And a lot of it I've learned from ideas from the speaker lab modules or the one-on-one -on -one coaching. So it's been really cool to see how that applies to other areas of business. 
Yeah, that's so, that's, that's such awesome. Um, so, so many awesome things there. Like uh, just thinking outside of the box. And this is something that we talk about a lot on one-on-one calls, right? Like th- we have our framework, we have our speak framework and we, it's like our speaker Bible for sure. We don't want you to go off course or anything in terms of building out those modules one at a time, one right after the other. However, there are some little nuances here and there that if if something isn't working, you have to pivot and shift, right? Um, and so for you to think outside of the box in different ways in terms of getting business, getting marketing assets, um, you know, serving people in a way that then, you know, a little reciprocity there to, can't hurt to build a business. Uh, really, really smart. Really smart. Well done on your part for sure. Um I'd love to know, like being a student with the VIP cohort uh, and then also the elite program, going through the speak modules, what what modules or what assets within those modules had some of the biggest or the greatest impacts on you and your speaking business? Sure. Um, from the VIP cohort, I think one of my biggest my biggest value that I got out of the VIP cohort, along with the external accountability, is the networking that happened within the cohort. Like I had Coach Ravi. I loved Ravi. He had a very similar um, kind of platform and experience, you know, co- corporate experience that I had. So we could really connect there. Um, another gentleman in my cohort, his name's Jordan Modiano. He's a really impressive guy, but he ended up being an accountability buddy for me. So every, you know, three weeks or so on a Friday, we check in with each other and it's kind of a check-in on anything, but it's been really interesting to kind of build out that network. So I really get value out of the other students because everyone in the group's pretty impressive. So I, I'd leverage the group calls. You know, I like to LinkedIn message people. I've had people LinkedIn message me. So that's, I, I'm enjoying the networking part of it. Um, and then from the elite modules, the speak modules, I really enjoy module E, establishing your expertise, because that is, you know, where I'm using the podcast as an example of, yeah, I'm a professional speaker. I have a podcast. This is an area you can hear me speak. You can get a feel for my jokes, my humor, my content, my expertise. So I'm enjoying the the establishing your expertise module. Um, and then I also really enjoy the knowing when to scale, the K final module. And when we talk about that vision, you know, I think that one of the things that I did in that module is we kind of map out where do we want the the business to be in three years. And in 10 minutes, I had whipped up this Excel sheet of what this year, 2023 looks like and what does 2026 look like. And when you break it down like that, it does not seem impossible. It actually seems very, very possible. And so now you have that vision. It's like, okay, how do I get there? And it's just these stepping stones Excuse me, it's just these stepping stones to get there. And what I like about it is it is linear, but you can jump between if you need. So pretty early on, I was getting that those inquiries for national speaking gigs. I knew that in the speak module in the framework, I had the contract I can run and grab. I don't need to go to eForms or call a lawyer or figure out what to do there. I could quickly pull from those resources. And that's a big part of the value that I get out of the program. Um, and then I love the one-on-one calls and I love the group calls because you can kind of pop in, hear what other people are doing, share what's working for you. I think that the collaboration has been um, something that's been very impactful for me as well. Yeah, I, I love, I just love how intentional you are about everything um, to do with your business, working through um, our program. I, I really think that, no, I'm not think, I know, I know that that is so critical to success, whether you're an entrepreneur, a speaker, uh, well, a speaker is an entrepreneur, but no matter what you're doing, is if you're intentional and committed you're going to breed success. It's it's almost impossible not to, right? Um, so I just love how you have gone about the program. I love how you go about your vision for your business, uh, from the vision board to the no one to scale workbook. Those things are really critical resources, right? If we don't if we don't have a strong foundation for our business, it's going to be really challenging to build it. You know, I call it just like throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. And initially, yeah, we have to do a little bit of that for sure. 
But once we have that clear path and we know where we're going and we know what we want, you have to really uh, lock in your why and lock in your vision. And I think you've done a great job with that. So kudos to you. Um, one of the things that you and I spoke about when we did our testimonial interview was this transition that you had to make mentally from striving for an income business to an impact business. Talk a little bit more about that process for yourself and what it's done for you. Well, I would say it's a work in progress every day, (laughs) not, not become the, the mental framework, but I think one of the things that I've had to shift is I've always been in a sales role and sales is very black and white because numbers don't lie. So it's honestly been such a nice breather that I'm not panicking at the end of every month. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that for 15 years. Like, I'm sure it's coming again, but um, my salespeople will know, you know, happy end of Q1. But I think that's been something where I've just always been measured by income. And so I quit my job and all of a sudden, like, I don't have the title behind me. I don't have that stable income. And so my metric of success has had to shift. And so it's not, what did the business do this month? I'm sure eventually I'll get to that mindset, but I'm, I'm really focused on the impact business model here. Like what did, um, excuse me, you know, in terms of not focusing on the money coming in the door, but the type of impact that we've had. So I think that one thing that's been helpful is how I measure success. And if I can do it from an impact measurement of success, that's, what keeps fueling me forward. And I actually have on my on my office wall, I have my logo with kind of the core pillars of the business. And then I have the word impact business model, like, you know, big, bold text. And then whenever someone would message me or support me in some way or say, hey, you're inspiring me. Hey, I listened to this podcast. I did this. Hey, like, let me introduce you. I write their name on a post-it note. <laughs> I have like little hearts and stars post-it notes and I write their name on a post-it note and I add it to the board because it's such a helpful visual reminder of like the impact that I'm making, even if it's not monetary at the moment. Because That's it's awesome. Yeah. So That's it's been awesome. Nice. I love that. I love that. I've asked for, feet, for testimonials from the workshop. So I printed out some of the testimonials. I have the podcast reviews. So it's nice because if you're having, you know, one of the analogies I really like is life and entrepreneurship is almost like an amusement park, right? And so you're on this roller coaster and sometimes you're on a high and sometimes you're on a low and it's just kind of, it's been helping me make this whole project a lot more fun and less scary if I just picture it as like an amusement park ride. And so once the ride ends, you know, I'm not going to just give up. I'm going to go on the next bigger ride. And I think when I think about a growth mindset versus some of these fixed mindsets, it's like some people go through life just like eating funnel cake and not even getting on the rides. And it's like, that's okay too. Both are fun experiences. But like when I look back, I want to try to have fun and get on the ride. And I'm trying to take that approach when I reach out to event planners too. I'm almost gamifying it a little bit because you know, LinkedIn, people can see when you look at their profile, you can see when they look at when they look at your profile. So I've just been kind of gamifying that. I'll just send messages to people and say, Hey, thanks for checking out my profile. Thanks for talking me. <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm just trying stuff and seeing what happens. And it's, and I, if I look at it as like, this is all research. If my, if I'm going to be the prospecting expert, I'm going to try all sorts of things and then share what worked and what does, what didn't work. So it's been, if I can gamify it, it makes everything a lot less scary. Yeah, no, I th- I think that's so like you said so many wonderful things there from the the impact uh, vision that you have on your wall, um, and and for me like I I just think like wow you walk in your office every day and you get to look at that and that sets the tone of your day that you you're starting the tone of your day with impact um, and proof to back it up right and as a salesperson you're a numbers person. So proof is important. So you have proof of impact and that that's really uh, inspiring. Um, and I, I think for people out there that are just getting started in entrepreneurship, listen to that advice because it, some days you just feel like it's never going to work. It, it's just, a, it's just the nature of the beast. Like you just feel like this is really, really hard and it is. And that's why only 3% of the population actually do it and see it through. Um, 
But if you add those little tips and tricks like Sarah just shared, gosh, it, it won't be as hard. You know, you'll have your days. You'll have those roller coaster rides where it's just like, oh my gosh, take your breath away. And definitely um, some of the coaches in the speaker lab have had to see me on the lows. <laughs> you know, yeah. but they're there to like lift me up and it's nice. And mm-hmm. it yeah. re- reminds you that you're supported and that's what that's all you really need to keep going is people will show up and help you if you are open-hearted and open-minded enough. And I think some, somebody shared this with me. If somebody offers you help or offers to help you, you say yes to it. So I've been doing that and it's been lovely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's not so easy for people to say, yes, I'll, I'll receive. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're a great reminder of like as you build this business, it's it's challenging, um, but it also could be a lot of fun, you know. And so that whole amusement park analogy is just wonderful, and I, I I really hope that people walk away with that. Like, and maybe maybe it's not an amusement park for them, whatever it is for you, but just having those tools is really valuable as you're building this business. Um, because you're going to have those amazing days where you're like, I'm on top of the world, <laughs> you know? And then the next day you're ready to stay on top of the world and, you know, five things could bottom out. So I love, I love how you shared that. It's really, really great. Um, okay. So you clearly have a vision, you have your why, you, you're proof oriented. Give me the facts. I'd love to know how do you hold yourself to account to the success of your business on a daily basis, what are some of the things that you do each and every day to make sure that you're nurturing your speaking business? Well, one of the things that has been helpful for me is I read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, I think is his last name, James Clear. And everyone talks about it, but I've been really intentional at building habits to help just set up my whole state for a proper day. So I've been, you know, doing the morning habits that have been helpful, but I did join a virtual co-working group because I missed the camaraderie of having a team. Like that's been the biggest challenge for me is I don't want to say losing my coworkers because I feel like I've been making different types of coworkers and that's been fun to meet new people that are outside of just kind of that scope of my my corporate team. But I have a virtual coworking group that I joined. So I set, you know, one of three goals for the day. Like what are the top goals to move the business forward? And then I just have to accomplish those one to three things for that day. And that's it. You know, like I can't because if it, it can get really overwhelming. Um, what I teach in my workshop and then what I apply to my own business is I call it like my big rocks. So I take two month chunks at a time. I look at what are my top big rocks for these two months to keep moving the ball forward. And so I almost just tackle those different projects on a month by month basis. And I don't always accomplish it all, but at least like I have what's holding me accountable. So I use, you know, one of my goals for the month of April, for example, is to really finesse my email list. I haven't done that yet. And so it's kind of uh, keeping me from doing other things I want to do in the business because that infrastructure doesn't exist yet. So that's my big rock for April. My big rock for May will be updating my website with some of the new testimonials that I've had and adding the email, you know, capture list on the website. So like I kind of chunk out these big rocks from a two month basis to keep the ball moving forward. But then on a daily basis, it's just, what do I need to do immediately for that day? Love it. Love it. So great. Um, is there any, like a a piece of advice that you wish you had earlier on that you would want to share with someone who's listening, uh, just getting started? The people that have told me successful entrepreneurs that have told me it takes ages. It takes time. I wish I had a little bit more of that permission to enjoy where I'm at in the journey at this exact moment instead of, again, like I think this was the impact versus income model shift. Like when I quit my job, that my last day at my corporate job, I had a text from someone saying, hey, my company needs to hire you for this and somebody needs to hire you for this. And neither of those deals went through. But I was so excited that it was like, oh, first day, what a great sign. And then neither of those deals worked out. And so 
in my head, this is probably very naive, but in my head, I just kind of thought the leads would just flow in the door. <laughs> and they don't. It takes time. And so I feel like that's one thing that I just, it's been helpful for me to receive the permission that it's going to take time and just keep doing the tasks you need to do and one foot in front of the other and the results will follow. And it does feel like I'm right on the precipice of everything landing at once. But I do appreciate that my, if I were to have six clients right now, like corporate six consulting clients, I wouldn't be able to handle that workload as the business is structured today. So it's almost like your business can only handle what you're capable of managing at this time. And so you have the vision to plan it out, but you can kind of chunk down what needs to happen. So I think just giving myself more permission to have more time and and metric success differently where it's not from an income standpoint, but it's more from an impact standpoint. Those two things have been really helpful. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I, I think, you know, that and understanding that growth is not just like a straight line or, you know, a line up to the right, right? There's a lot of ups and downs, kind of like that amusement park analogy and just giving yourself permission to fail. And instead of giving the energy of like, that is so bad that I screwed that up or I lost that deal or I didn't make that kind of money or I didn't hit my mark for the month. Um, and, and instead putting on that curiosity cap of like, okay, what, what could I have done differently? How can I do this better? What's working for me energetically? That's something we also have to keep in mind as entrepreneurs. Where's your energy? What's taking energy? What's giving you energy? And just understanding that, um, you know, you are human first, right? And, and no one's expecting you to be a machine but yourself. And so having some compassion and empathy for yourself, but just looking at the business in a, in a, in a curious way. And so not taking those failures as debilitating, but propelling you forward, I think is really also really important as you're building. And what's the lesson you can learn? Because one of the things I'm negotiating a workshop and I got one of the questions that the client gave to me that I wasn't prepared for the objection. And I'm usually pretty proactive at being ready for the objections, but I'm new to this part of it. You know, this part's new to me, so I don't know all the objections that I'm going to get. And one of the, you know, I'm negotiating a workshop and the sales leader asked, well, I listened to your podcast. What do I get out of a workshop that I can't just learn from your podcast? And I kind of gave, I'm not terribly proud of how I answered the question. It wasn't bad, but it was kind of like, well, duh, that's 10 minute episode. And this is a half day immersive hands-on thing. Like to me, it was so obvious, but the person was asking the question. I wasn't ready for the answer. So now actually borrowed from coach Rick. This is my new, I call it a return volley to the objection. You're being served an objection. Like my return volley is, uh, well, the podcast is like a snorkel along the surface and a workshop is a scuba dive, deep dive with your team. And so now I'm ready with that objection, but I could kick myself at how I answered it originally to the client, but instead it's like, okay, cool. Now I know that that's an objection. I'm ready for the next time somebody asks me that question. Yeah. Well done. Well done. And, and it's so much more customized, right? Like podcasts, you're just generally speaking, but, but those are the things that you have to have happen you know, not all the time, but sometimes to have those pivotal, like, oh, wait a minute. Now I know how to put words on this and, and really pitch it in a way that's going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a win-win for both of us. Right. So that's awesome. All right. Let's do some fun questions that, uh, I think some of our speakers will really love to know. So, um, how do you prepare for your speech? So we have all different types of personalities here at the speaker lab. Some people need to write every single word down. Some people just like storyboard it and then others just literally wing it, which we never recommend. <laughs> I was going to say I'm a combo of the first two. Okay. So I do have, um, you know, when I think about when I went to build the talk and prepare the talk, what are the steps that someone would need to do while prospecting and what are the stories that go along with that? So I kind of like just threw everything on a piece of paper and then I kind of circled the areas that I wanted to talk about and then I prioritized it. So that's how I kind of built out the storyboard approach. But then I do have it pretty word for word written out. Um, and that's kind of how I handle a lot of things. Like I have 
for this interview. I have things written out. When I negotiate a big call, like I have my messages and what I think the person's going to come back with and what my answer is. Like I feel a lot more confident when you're starting out. I know it's going to get to a point where I can do the workshop without having to memorize it word for word. But yeah, at the beginning, I like to have it all captured and documented. Love it. Um, it's very appropriate for your personality throughout this whole thing, you know, but it's great. I, I think it's great that you honor your process. And that that's, that's something that I always say to people, like, if you need to write out every word, if that's going to help you honor that process, right? Other people can get away with bullets, but certain, some of us, we need everything right now. That's okay. Well, one thing that I've learned from the podcast is I need to use a thesaurus because I will say the word fun like eight times in an episode. I'm like, okay, you got to find a different word for fun. So like helping write it out means that you aren't going to just kind of throw the same word over and over and over again too. Yeah. Now I'm like, what word do I say over and over? <laughs> Hopefully it's alarming. Not, um, it's alarming when you start realizing it. I say the word appreciate very often. <laughs> I appreciate this. Well, I just not terrible. Gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> there are worse words. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your pre-stage routine? Okay. This one is like so good and I encourage you guys to try it, but it is, I, I kind of took this from negotiating because I've had to have some pretty, I'm asking for some big numbers from some of my consulting clients. And it's kind of where I envision the event planner negotiations going when I get to the the level that I want to charge. But I read this book called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Have you ever heard of it? So it's a former FBI hostage negotiator. And so the book is different chapters of a hostage situation and then what are the business negotiation lessons that you can apply from the hostage situation? And in it, yeah, and in it, he talks about there are three voices you can use when you're negotiating. And the first voice is um, like a late night DJ FM host voice. The second voice is more like a playful, you know, have a smile on your face type of voice. And then the third voice, which should be used least sparingly, is like assertive, direct voice. So I had to make this call. I was going to ask for a lot of money. And I was like, okay, I always eat food. Like I need to have a little carbs in my stomach, right? So I ate before this interview. Um, so eat food. And then I do a power pose. Like I'll, you know, go in the handicap stall and stand, you know, for a minute with the starfish arms. And I don't care. It helps. me. And then before I had to make this call, I pulled out the Chris Voss book from my bookshelf. And I went to the first page I dog-eared. And it was a reminder about those three voices. I said, okay, well, obviously I'm going to use the playful voice. And so I'm like pumping myself up for this call. And I, you know, I, I call myself a shark in business, but like a really heart centric shark. I'm a kind shark, but like, I like to hunt for business. And so in my head, I was like, okay, you're a shark. And a little voice popped into my head and said, well, you're kind of a baby shark. So I played the baby shark song for myself and it was like making me cry laughing that when I went into this negotiation, I was so light and like in a great state that the call went, I mean, he, I asked for the big money. He didn't die. You know, we, I got through it and it was so now I listen to the baby shark and I do a power pose before I do any type of big negotiation. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, I don't, I don't have kids though. So I'm not like, you know, the, the song is still cute to me. Some people may have gotten worn out, but that that's, that's great. That again, once again, very thought out. Yeah, so, well then next I'm going to be a toddler shark and then a teenager <laughs> shark and soon I'll be a big full grown shark. But like, again, yeah. I'm honoring the process. And one of the mantras that have been helpful for me is I'm respecting the season that I'm in. Yes. I love that. I love, love, love that. So important. It's so important because it's just going to help you get to the next season in such a um, profound way, right? You're going to show up at the right time in the perfect way. So that, that's really awesome. All right. Um, something you have to have when you are speaking. And this could be like slides. Some people need a handheld microphone, right? Some people need a lucky charm. What is it for you? Um, I want pockets in my dress or my outfit. <laughs> I don't know. I just like to have pockets. Like, so your phone can be in there, tissue, chapstick, like what I just need pockets. Uh, and then I, I use slides because I have a lot of like in the keynote and in the workshop, there's a lot of very, um, 
Like there's a lot of visuals. So one of the examples that we talk through as I talk about icebreakers, that's obviously, you know, when people hear the term icebreakers, they think it's like this cringy team building events. And really an icebreaker just opens the door to a conversation. And like I was in downtown LA last night, I was taking a picture. This guy offered to take me a picture take my picture and said, no, no, I'm fine. I just haven't been in downtown in a while. I missed it. And so we just started chatting. Turns out he's a potential client. We exchanged business cards on the street, you know, and it's like, that was just from me taking a picture and started the chit chat. So we go through examples of, I call it mild, medium, and spicy icebreakers. So a mild icebreaker might be, hey, Mary Alice, where did you grow up? Very vanilla, quick one word answers, you know, very basic. And then a spicy icebreaker might be one of the examples I have in the keynote is what is the best bird? And so I have three visuals. It's it's a funny question. What is the best bird? So I have, you know, some of you may be thinking sports teams and I have an Eagles logo and a Falcons logo. Some of you may be thinking actual birds. And I think there's like a parrot and an owl. And then the last picture is an emoji middle finger. I was like, and some of you may be giving me this because you're thinking, how am I ever going to ask someone what is the best bird? And the trick is you use a buffer like this keynote or, hey, I was driving to work and I heard this podcast episode and the the host and the guest were talking about what is the best bird but now I'm thinking what is the best bird like I I have this vision of everyone at a trade show walking around talking about what the best bird is <laughs> that's great well, actually Mary Alice what do you think is the best bird oh best bird oh uh, gosh I don't know well I like the cardinal <laughs> oh that's a good answer why Oh, gosh, it's such a long story, but it just reminds us, my family, of my dad who passed on. So it has, like, sentimental value to us. We yeah. have a hummingbird in my family, so this is very similar. But I'm learning a lot of bird trivia. Like, did you know that a woodpecker's tongue wraps around its brain to, like, protect it from pecking? I absolutely did not know that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> So I'm like, I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. And so we kind of talk about like, if, okay, you know, if you're trying to bridge this gap, obviously you're not going to go talk to a luxury developer and just start by asking what is the best bird. But yeah, if there's a lull at the lunch table, you know, people yeah. like to be memorable. They like to talk about things that aren't all work all the time. So yes. it's kind of a silly example, but it just shows there's a lot of different ways to build connection and become memorable. Well, yeah. And I think it, it shows consistency with your brand, which sidebar is really important, right? We started this whole podcast on, you know, prospecting on purpose because it's it's the human connection. And here you are talking about one of the things that you need to have as a speaker is an icebreaker that mm -hmm makes that human simple connection. So very, very on brand for you. I love that. Um, all right. Last question. What do you absolutely love about speaking? <sighs> That's a good one because I feel like there's a lot of different takeaways from it. I think from a personal standpoint, it has helped me push myself to new limits. Like part of my goal, and this is a little bit, um, I don't want to use the word selfish, but it's a little bit more like internally motivated is I just want to like blow my own mind. <laughs> I want to see what is capable from just trying. And so what's been fun about speaking is it's forcing me to put myself out there in a different way. It's forcing me to approach people in different ways. It's forcing me to learn how to interview people on a podcast. And it's been fun because now I feel a lot more empowered to ask really high profile guests to be on my podcast because I have that platform. Same with, you know, I'm talking to corporate clients. Hey, do you have a sales kickoff? Do you hire outside people? So it's just been really interesting to use the speaking almost as an excuse to meet with people. And it's not something that's, yes, of course, it's pushing my own business forward, but that's not the only reason why, because I'm approaching it with value. Okay, like, hey, I have something of value. I want to share it with you. It's not just about what is the best bird. There's a lot more depth to it, but I think it just shows like how it's forcing me to push myself in ways I haven't tried before. And so it's just giving me a vehicle to stretch myself. And then you grow from that and you get on the next bigger roller coaster ride. Yeah, well... That's awesome. You're awesome. We really appreciate you taking the time to share your story. I know it's going to inspire others to really um, create that vision for their business and, and, and make it something that pushes you, 
but also respects the season that you're in. Like you really dropped a lot of knowledge bombs today that uh, can help the person out there that's just trying to figure out the basics of being an entrepreneur. Um, and, and just the tools of having that impact board on your wall and having that, that self-inspiration uh, to keep going, to, to let every day be what it is, but also push yourself forward um, and have those, those um, systems in place to help support you, whether that's people, things, um, strategies that you have, which is great. Uh, and then also just keeping that vision of the business, which we really drive home here at the Speaker Lab. You know, without the vision, without a profound why, it's much easier to fall off the roller coaster, God forbid, um, than having that in place and keeping you really hyper focused. And I think you're doing such a great job. So kudos to you on that. Um, keep in touch. I know you're going to continue to have wild success because you're just you're consistent and committed. Those two things. Come on. It's- well, I, I have, my whole career has been selling to luxury clientele and selling luxury product. And I do feel like what the Speaker Lab delivers is a very well thought out luxury product and service. The support has been amazing. The thoughtfulness has been amazing. I really appreciate the coaching. The structure is very, it's every, every time I engage in a different area of the Speaker Lab business, I find it more and more impressive. So I'm happy to do the testimonial. I feel so honored to be on the podcast. I think two things, two mantras that have been helping me that I think kind of set a nice bow on all of this, Mary Alice, is I am already a master at making things happen. I say that one to myself every day. And then the other one I like is I give myself permission to be a beginner. Yeah. So they've been really helpful for me, especially as uh, we're respecting the seasons we're in. (laughs) Love it. Well, again, continued success. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day. Um, If you're not a student of the Speaker Lab and you're looking to expedite success like our friend Sarah has, make sure you come over and check us out at thespeakerlab.com. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks again, Sarah. If today's episode left you feeling inspired to take the first or the next step in your speaking journey, we would love to help you out here at the Speaker Lab. If you're ready to get serious about making your speaking dreams a reality, I want you to head over to thespeakerlab.com slash highlight. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash highlight and book a free no obligation call with our team. Who knows? Maybe you're going to get to share your story on a future student highlight episode of this podcast. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, I've got good news for you. There's plenty more where that came from. You can subscribe to the Speaker Lab podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you can head over to thespeakerlab.com slash podcast to explore all of our past episodes and more. Finally, I got one huge favor to ask of you, and that is, would you leave a rating or review for this podcast? We read every single one of them, helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to also build their speaking careers. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.